also like to greet each and every one of us this morning in the precious name of our Savior, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, he, he, he did arise. He is arisen. He did arose today. <clears throat> um, like he promised, like he said, and he sits at the, um, says he sits at the right hand of the throne. And what's he do there? He intercedes for us uh, night and day. So thank you for that um, devotional. I just had to think about the love of God a little bit and something that I was listening to, um, the messages from the minister's meeting. <clears throat> and one of the first topics, I think, was maybe was the first topic, maybe not listen to it. But the <clears throat> he was sharing a little bit about connecting with youth and the struggle stuff youth has and uh, he shared about you know some of the addictions that are that we find they find ourselves into and but the interesting thought I guess is was expressed is that people will label addictions as a disease or you know you you gotta or how to fix it and what to do about it but the root I think that's how he said it. Yeah, you can listen to him. I'll tell you where to find him then later, but it's definitely worth listening to. The root of most, the root of all addiction is the lack of self-love is what happens. You do not, you do not think yourself worthy. You do not feel like you are um, somebody, anybody. And, you know, that's, Again, that what the love of God can do for us, it's not a, you know, <clears throat> it's not a lot of other things, but the root of the root of most addictions, whatever they may be, or habits that we have, would come from the lack of self-love, the lack of acknowledging who we are in Christ alone. So I just, I thought that was an interesting thing, uh, sharing because of what, you know, how do we look at the love of God <clears throat> and what he's done for us. So, um, I don't know, it was, I was, definitely was a little, thought that John would be here and when do this message, but I guess there's other callings in, at his home church that necessitated him that they felt compelled to go home, so I'll try to do this. Um, <clears throat> he did share with me, which I knew, um, the story the Easter story or the resurrection story or everything that we're used to going through as far as communion services, um, not all. And I want to try to bring in some of the other writers' um, thoughts and what they what they shared. I, I found some guidelines to go with this, but um, Mark chapter 14 and Mark chapter 15 is pretty much the communion story, is pretty much the, might be a little bit in 16, that we have yet, <clears throat> that he give him in information. But Mark is is pretty descriptive here, pretty to the point. Um, and so I think that's what I'm going to use. Um, we're just going to go through these chapters, and uh, I'll read <coughs> a different portion of the verses, and then uh, we'll share on a little bit. I also did went back and refreshed myself in several and reading, I guess, in just the, the book called The Greatest Story Ever Told, um, 
and thinking about what's what was taking place back there in that time with is the word Cephas or Cephas is that is that the high priest's name I guess C A I you know Cephas I guess the high priest and then his father-in-law um, Annas Annas <clears throat> and just to get a little bit of a, a first a point maybe paint a little bit of a picture of of those two okay in their leadership over Jerusalem and at that time and Pilate was another one that was um, set over people and how they shifted the the trial and stuff back and forth and tried to pass it off but Ananias was the old person that was um, in charge and Cephas was the high priest as his son-in-law but he 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 brought a lot of his info to him and ask him. He actually had to have permission from Ananias to do basically anything. It's almost kind of like the vice president would have to ask the vice president for permission. But Ananias um, get a picture that he would had plenty of informats, like CIA agents or whatever, and they were spread out throughout the city, and they were reporting back the things that were happening and taking place especially with this rabble-rouser Jesus and how he was bringing the people who were following him. And it was causing an uproar. And we have to quench this somehow. And yet the time frame of the Passover and the feast and not wanting to disrupt that, there was so many laws and, and things in place regulating that of what they should or should not do. Um, just the... I guess just his writing of, and, and I know it's Fulton Overster's writing, I guess, but the conversation that took place between those two over this time. And Cephas would bring um, information to him and tell him what, what's happening and what Jesus is doing now. And don't, you know, you know that the, the lame are, are walking and all the miracles and the blind are seeing. And he would tell him that. And Ananias is like, just go away, you know. You don't, I don't need to. That's a bunch of hoopla. I don't believe it, you know. Um, they're all saying this thing. But even though Ananias would have had also his own source and knew exactly what was happening that would feed him information back and forth. And the conversation between them, um, those several chapters in that book is like, it's pre it's pretty, it was pretty eye-opening to me <clears throat> in that way. So uh, I would like to open with just... Um, I had found this, in which we know it, um, you know, the, the seven phrases that, that Jesus said, his final, Jesus' final words um, while he was uh, there, while he was on the cross. <clears throat> and they're not all recorded here in Mark by, by a long ways. Some of them are recorded in Luke, some of them are in John. In Luke and John, they are recorded. <clears throat> in Luke 23, 34, the first we know that Jesus spoke, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And there again, the forgiveness that we have, that he expressed to those people and to each and every one of us, um, we have that forgiveness from him today. The second words he spoke was in Luke 23, 43. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. He was talking to one of the thieves on the cross there. Those thieves both, rebuked him just like the the crowd did 
mocked him, saying, if you're Christ, come down off that cross. We'll see if uh, Elias can save him. And, and then the one thief, you know, recognized that this man was innocent and he truly did not deserve to be crucified. And he asked, he told him to think of me when you get, and, and Jesus' words were, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The third place, John 19, 26 and 7, he says, woman, behold your son. And he said, son, he was talking to John. He seen John there, behold your mother. The fourth place, Matthew 27, 46, is where he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And again, there's, a, there's an explanation on that verse, not taken like we have thought, or that I have thought, I should say, for a long time. Um, actually, you know, a, cry, a heart cry to God that God left him go, but it's more of a trust in God, that I know, God, you know what you're doing with me. The fifth time was John 19. He simply said the words, I thirst. Like the words get less here. The sixth time he says, it is finished, John 19, 30. And then Luke 23, 46, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So those were the seven different uh, phrases that Christ spoke, and we could probably make a sermon on one of them or all seven of them and just speak on them. But just to take us through the, through the Easter story, I guess, and we know the birth of Christ. We know that we could go back into the prophecies of the Old Testament. Um, we know Psalms 22 speaks a lot of the, some of the sufferings and the prophecies that was taken that was to come to pass that uh, David had wrote about. <clears throat> so this, uh, this opens up in Mark chapter 14 with a conspiracy against Christ and how they were going to, how was we going to condemn this guy? How are we going to shut him down? Um, <clears throat> and Judas made, a, made a, a covenant with him. That was a huge answer to them. We have somebody now that will expose him for who he is and we can get him for, um, we can catch him that way. Um, also then, Jesus at this time was instituting the Passover. He told them to go and find this room and he wanted to eat his last supper with him. And the denial of Peter at the end of the chapter there. <clears throat> and then chapter 15 takes us into the crucifixion and the burial of Christ. Chapter 13 um, is what they call the Olivet Discussion. Um, he was sitting there. Um, Jesus was uh, foretelling them the destruction of his body, um, foretelling them the destruction of, of uh, himself, or like Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. There was not a stone going to stay on top of each other. They call this, uh, he was on the Mount of Olives. They call this chapter the Olivet Discussion. And he told them, you know, different parables there. And he told them things that were going to happen and take place. And uh, <clears throat> 29 says, So ye in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that, know that the time is nigh, even at the door. Um, <clears throat> Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. He, he was telling them these things in, in chapter 13. Knowing that his time um, was drawing closer. And... Uh, that he was going to have to leave them. But the last thing, I like the last verse in chapter 13 as just an appeal to all of us um, today and all the days of our life. <clears throat> it just says, And what I say unto you, I say unto all that we should watch. We should be watchful, and we should be awake, and we should be alert to what God has for us. <clears throat> 
So the in the first several verses here from from <clears throat> 1 to 16, I guess, in chapter 14. Um, I don't know how the time is going to work. I have a, there's a lot. I mean, there's like 60, 72 verses in this first book, or first chapter, but I think we'll just go through them. So after two days was the feast of the Passover of the unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. Even though these were mighty people, um, Cephas and Cephas and Ananias, they still feared that throng, that mob. And being, in, and being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of, spic, of spikern, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. See, they didn't understand what the work that that was for him, preparing him for his death. For ye have, for ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will... You will, ye may do them good, but me you have not always. She hath done what she could, and she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, Whithersoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken for her a memorial of her. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad. And promised to give him money, and he sought how he might conveniently betray him. And the first day of the unleavened bread, when they, when they had killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? And he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go you into the city, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say, Ye to the good man of the house, the master saith, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for this. <clears throat> so in these first one, there was, there was four, there's four things that took place here, four acts of, they call them preparatory acts. Um, and two of them were done in opposition against Christ. And two of them were done in service for him. <clears throat> in these first, uh, I should read one more verse yet here. There. And the disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. So we have different, um, the characters here. We have the leaders in the first several verses <clears throat> trying to figure out um, how to, how can they take this guy? How can they catch him? And even when, in reading the book, when Cephas wanted Ananias to give the word to do it earlier and before, he just wouldn't. He just, he just kind of laughed it off. He said, you remember them other Judas followers that happened years ago? They came and they, you know, they went and nothing ever happened to them. Don't worry about this. It's just another, it's just another you know, like thing like that. Nothing to it. And Cephas was trying to impress upon him over and over that, you know, that this man is different. There's something, there's something more. Um, 
you know, there's something more powerful about him. Um, and he couldn't get him to convince to, to do it. <clears throat> so it's just before the Passover, two days before the Passover, if they was going to t- take him. And the thing that had preceded this um, in the other chapters is he had rode into Jerusalem on that donkey. And that symbol, that donkey, meant something to the Jewish culture. They knew that that was also a prophecy in fulfillment. And did they, was they going to believe that it was a, the prophecy fulfilled? Or was, was it going to just, you know, nullify it like he did the other ones? <clears throat> but these people were following, and there was a huge crowd. I mean, there was not just, and they were the poor of, you could say, of, of the people, you know. <clears throat> so they had two days' time. They had very little time to make this happen, make this stick, get this guy, um, you know, lock him up be able to uh, prosecute him, however that may be. So we had the chief priests, we had the scribes involved, we had the elders, because um, Cephas the high, and the high priest was there, and their intention was, how can we trick this guy? How can we get him? How can we take him by stealth? Um, but they also did not want to do anything because lest there be an uproar of the feast. Um, he's telling us on, on verse 2 there. They feared the people, um, there's other verses of Luke. Mark writes about that in 11.32. Luke writes about it in 22, verse 2. Um, despite, their in, despite their intent, you know, the, in the, the, if we look at the big picture, all these things happening and taking place was not entirely in their hands, you know, at all. Um, they didn't have the power, you could say, to do it entirely. God allowed these things. <clears throat> um. So the leaders were preparing to kill Jesus. Uh, also then, we have an act of, of service there. Mary was preparing, came, and prepared. was preparing Jesus for his burial. The home that they was in says it was Simon the leper. Um, this could have been the father of Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Um, John identifies this woman as Mary, the sister of Martha, not to be confused with the woman that anointed him earlier in Luke 7. So she used an alabaster box of expensive perfume. She broke the jar. She put it over his head, and she wiped his feet with her hair. John tells us about that. <clears throat> this caused a uproar among the disciples that were there. They were angry. They considered this to be wasteful. And especially, I think this maybe was the, you could say, was, the, was the, one of the turning points for Judas because Judas was held the purse or held the money bag. Um, he was more concerned about the money that was in the bag or could have been put in that bag. And, you know, even the excuse we could have given this to the poor, 300 denario would have been 300 days wages. Um, they considered back then. They, and they criticized, you know, Mary for doing that. And um, this is just a point where I think Judith was like, I'm, you know, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. Um, and I'm going to, you know, knowing what's going on, going to betray him. We do know that, that Judith was sorry for what he did. Even though his betrayal brought him 30 pieces of silver, he got paid for it. He took it back to them. He had, he had no clue, I guess, or never thought that, that they would intend, they would lock him up or whatever, but that they would actually crucify him. You know, and you know, we know that Pilate tried to release him. We know that Ananias, in his conversation, he tried to release him. You know, just let him go. Don't worry about him. And yet, that was not God's way, was it? God knew that he had to go through this, that this was part of the plan for our salvation. Um, <clears throat> Jesus went 
He praised Mary for that, and he said wherever you know that the, we should that she will be spoken of because of the work she had done. Um, there would always be poor for us to help, no matter what. Um, so <clears throat> her actions were as a you know she he was he thanked her for that. <clears throat> um, and then you know the next after that in. Uh, Verse 10 there or so, um, he says, Judas is a chariot, one of the twelve. That's when he went. Right after that, he went with intent to betray him. Um, this was the thing that they needed. You know, this was an, an answer to what they were looking for. Uh, Luke writes in his writings that this is a time when Satan entered into Judas. Um, <clears throat> John tells us that Jesus knew the one that would betray him. When he was, and John writes when he told him that he who dips in the bread with me, he is the one. And they were asking, you know, when he said that, the, the apostles were standing around and saying, is it, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? And he said that it will be the one. And Judas was the one that did that. And when he, John writes that Luke, or Luke writes, he went out. Um, <clears throat> so when he got there, the chief priests were glad and they were more than happy. We'll compensate you for that. When they heard it, they were, it's like, this is an answer. We need this. Um, they promised they'd give him money, and he sought how he might conveniently betray him. So he had to do it somehow also, because there was still the fear of the crowd. Um, <clears throat> Matthew records the price of 30 pieces of silver is what they give him uh, for that act. Um, we know that Judas had, uh, in John, it shows that he had agreed for money. And uh, from this time forth, he sought for a way that he could expose him and betray him. <clears throat> the, the fourth act or whatever that had taken place is where they went and prepared the, the Passover supper so that he could have the Passover and share with them one last time. The Passover lamb was supposed to be sacrificed. This was probably like on a Thursday, um, prepared to eat the lamb. Um, he gave them explicit instructions. They followed those instructions in Matthew four, or in verse 14 there. And when they met this guy and they said what, asked him what Jesus had told them, he showed them an upper room. It was furnished. It was prepared. It was made ready for them. And uh, they went there to eat the Passover together. <clears throat> you know, they, they did exactly what Christ told them to do, and they found it exactly how... He said they would find it. <clears throat> so these, uh, these four things had taken place here before the crucifixion. Um, question we can ask today, even though these, these seem, you know, were these, were these any acts of largeness? Probably not. They were very small things like anointing his body, um, going to find that upper room. And so the question is, you know, the things that we do today and following Christ um, are these also, you know, well, the word is preparatory. Are these also preparatory acts that God would have us to do? Um, are these acts that are um, for things that we don't see or know, for greater things that are to come? They are preparing us. <clears throat> How much better would, would it, that it is that we look to the examples that Mary and the disciples did, preparing the Passover and preparing 
um, his body than what Judas and the chief priests did, and they're preparing to have him crucified. So every day, we may do things small, even though they may be small. They are probably, um, we're rehearsing for that day when we'll also um, be with him. So the next, uh, let's go to the next several verses here, <clears throat> verses 17 to 26. So it was nighttime, it says here, <clears throat> is the next layout, and in the evening he cometh with the twelve. <clears throat> and as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful, and say unto him one by one, Is it I? And others said, Is it I? And he answered and said unto them, It is, the, it is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. This is written here, I guess. The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. <clears throat> and as they did eat, Jesus took bread, blessed and brake it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the, New, of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when, he, and when they had sung and hymn, they went out into the Mount, into the Mount of Olives. Okay, this is referred to as the Lord, the Last Supper. Um, for within, I guess chronologically, if it's correct, and we, we, can, we can believe that it is, I guess, within, uh, from this time frame here when this took place, within 24 hours, he would, have been, he would have been nailed to the cross. And his disciples would go into hiding for the fear of their own lives. <clears throat> He knew it was soon to take place. So in verse 17, we have the Passover being observed. Um, he went, there was, there was 12 of them there. Um, <clears throat> once a year, they deserved it. And they did this commemorating the deliverance that was way back when they was delivered from Egypt, from the bondage of Egypt. Um, this was put in place, and so they were doing it. They were recognizing that again. I think just like today, it's, it's it is, um, it is good to keep the communion services, the sacraments, just in remembrance of him because of what he has done for us. <clears throat> this was a very special time for, for Jesus. He knew that his death was, going to, was close. Um, Luke says in 22, 14, and 15, Luke says that he wanted to do this before I suffer. In John 13, it says he was with those he loved until he loved them unto the end, John tells us. <clears throat> this was, there was a public announcement made here. Um, Jesus told them the one who would betray him. He identified him. They started asking, is it me? And he said the one who dips in the bread with him is the one who would betray him. Um, this was Judas Iscariot. And uh, <clears throat> he left the supper at that time. John writes about that. The rest continued to eat the supper with him.
he, t he, he explained to them that the bread was as his body and that the, the, the wine was as the blood of the New Testament, the New Covenant, that was uh, shed for the remission of our sins. And he also said that he would not drink of that cup again until he was in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> he would drink it with us anew, it says, in my Father's kingdom. Matthew 26 writes that. It will be fulfilled. Um, and it also, it's an indication that the kingdom of God will come. Jesus will come back for us. <clears throat> Paul, um, in, in Corinthians, writes a lot about this in chapter 11, chapter 10. Paul describes this supper as a memorial. He describes it as a proclamation. He describes it as communion. And he describes it as being an, an observance that we should observe. And we should observe it with reverence and with honor. And it also, you know, he gives us, using that time Paul writes in, in Corinthians there about we examine ourselves. Um, if, as we examine ourselves, so let him eat and let him drink. And it's a way of waiting on one another. It's a, waiting, a way of showing our, um, that we can humble ourselves before one another and wash each other's feet. The Last Supper there, it ended um, with a singing of a song, it says. They sung a hymn, and they walked out from that place, from having the supper, and they went to the Mount of Olives. <clears throat> Today, you know, Jesus is our Passover. He is the one that sacrificed this for us. Do we show gratitude? Do we show that we have been delivered do we show that we are free from the bondage of sin? Do we observe? These are just questions, I guess. Do we observe the Lord's Supper as we share in communion with one another? <clears throat> we'll read from 27 to 31. <clears throat> this, this is Peter's denial. Um, <clears throat> the other disciples had are going to flee. Um, Peter does not flee. He does stick around there, um, but he... And we'll read about it later, but he's telling Christ that he don't need to go suffer this. Um, also, John stuck around. John was there for, for quite a bit, for quite a while. And then, uh, so verse uh, uh, 27, And Jesus saith unto them, he's talking to them again. Now he went out there in the Mount of Olives. <clears throat> he said, All ye shall be offended of me because of me this night. For it's written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Another Old Testament prophecy that was there. So, you know, probably let's never be ashamed or offended uh, by what we believe and what we know that God has given us within our hearts uh, for Christ. <clears throat> but then he tells them out in 28, he says, But after that I am, uh, I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Another thing he promised them, and the other writers also write about this. <coughs> and then Peter stood up, big, bold, brave Peter, you could say. Um, and Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will I not. He said, you, I'm not going to be offended in you. And Jesus saith unto him, verily I say unto thee, that, after, that this day, even in this night, before the cock croweth twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spoke and more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. 
I didn't get that point until just read, you know, reading through that. Actually, the, the other 12 disciples also said that. It wasn't just Peter alone. We will not deny thee. It says, said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. <clears throat> so I'm going to stop at those verses. How confident are we in our faith? We, we know, we could probably sit here right now and say, there's no way that I would ever deny Christ. You know what? We may not have, have a clue. You know, we're going we're to hear what, what happened to Peter later and what it done for him, you could say. You know, let's, let's, let's be confident in our faith, but let's not take that, how should I say, I guess. Um, let's not be overconf- way overconfident. We can find examples of overconfident, not just when Peter denied him, but those other apostles, you know, they fled. They went back, they hid themselves because they didn't want to be caught and strung up like what was happening here. <clears throat> so <clears throat> they were deserted. And he also told them that he says there's going to be a reunion. I don't know if they remember that or not. Later on, we find after he was resurrected <coughs> and he told um, marrying them, the women that had went to the gravesite, he says, remember, I told you I will go before you into Galilee. He told them that there. But it was so easy for, I think, these people to, the apostles, you could say, to for, even not hear that or forget about that, that he promised them. Verily I say unto you, you know, that he would go before them. <clears throat> he told them of his resurrection. He told them of his reunion back in Galilee. Peter's denial was foretold. He said he would deny him three times before the, the, the crowing, crowing of the rooster or the cock in the morning there. Um, so the question here is like in Peter and his boldness, um, how well do we really know ourselves? Um, they seem to be so certain of their faith, and yet they all stumbled, they all fell. Um, What can we do? Um, look into the Word of God. We can examine ourselves. We can recognize and acknowledge that God is the one that truly knows us. We can pray. We can ask for help. Um, like who shared the, the fact is like Jesus, we pray and t- ask God to help our unbelief. Um, <clears throat> help strengthen or help, help us in our unbelief that our faith might be stronger. <clears throat> You know, one thing they did here, they, they ignored the, the comfort of, of Jesus' words. Um, <clears throat> they f- focused on defending themselves, protecting themselves. And even it says there that Peter was, uh, it said he was anger. He was angrily, you know, denied, said that he would not deny the Lord. <clears throat> so let us learn from this. Um, we can learn that our Lord's grace and mercy, um, he was quick to forgive those, even those ones who denied him, even all the, the ones that had fled away from him, and he does the same thing for us. We may stumble, but we are willing to repent and recognize his forgiveness. He extends it to us. Verse 32, um, the next 10 verses, And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to the disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. 
And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. He was heavy-hearted here. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it was possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. <clears throat> and he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, this is big bold Peter that would never deny him, right? Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. <clears throat> <coughs> so this has taken place in the Garden of Gethsemane. <clears throat> it was outside. They, they thought indications that it was a walled garden. Um, right there on the Kidron Brook by the Mount of Olives that uh, he had went into to pray. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> we can take a little comparison here. Um, the Garden of Eden, which is the first garden that, where man was put into, and then the Garden of Gethsemane. In Eden, the first man, Adam, fell by yielding to the temptations and disobeyed God. In Gethsemane, the second man, the second Adam, what Jesus is referred to sometimes, he conquered that by what? By yielding to God. By saying, not my will, but thine be done. And I think that's the, that's the key that Peter had to come to recognize and that we all must. Sometimes when we think that our faith and that we're, we're strong in God, um, we are. And yet I think we need to, in all humbleness, say, not my will, but thine be done. Um, it does tell us that this garden was, Gethsemane was a place of suffering. It does ex share here with us that he was greatly distressed. Um, he thought that at least Peter and James and John could have been with him and could have prayed with him, and yet they fell asleep. He was troubled. Um, his sweat, Luke writes that his sweat became like great drops of blood in this prayer that he had in Luke twenty-two forty-four. 44. Um, John says that he was troubled because he knew his hour, his hour was near. He knew it was intimate, imminent. Um, it says exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death in verse 34. <clears throat> the Hebrew writer tells us it was vehement cries and tears. Um, he was taking upon himself our sins, Isaiah says. He took upon himself our own grief and our sorrows. Um, he experienced loneliness. By himself here, his disciples did would did, wasn't. I mean, they were close by, but they were sleeping. Um, even though they were with him on the transfiguration of the mountain, even though um, John, the one whom he loved, it says, uh, he found them all sleeping. The the psalmist is telling us in Psalm sixty nine verse twenty that uh, he would be it would be that way. <clears throat> 
But that garden was also, as a place of suffering, was also a place of great strength. It was a great strength. Um, in agony, his prayer, um, we can see that, his, that it was agony. It says he fell to the ground in his posture, his position. Um, we can hear it in his words, Abba, Father. In verse 36 there, he asks, take this cup from me. You know, take this, take this pain, take this death. Um, and yet, you know, yet it was not removed. He was strengthened at that point that he was able to drink it, able to endure it, able to go through with it. <clears throat> because he said in 36, not what I will, but what thine will. <clears throat> you know, his expression is there, if this cup cannot pass from me, Father, he says, your will be done. When we first say that, you know, not my will, but thine be done. This opens up, you know, this brings, it can, it can strengthen us. I think it's the key to victory. So the answer to his prayer, maybe not be the one that he asked for, but and Luke tells us that an angel came and strengthened him. The angels were there for him. Even as Paul, in his prayer, asking God to remove that thorn in his flesh, um, he received a way different answer than what he thought he should receive or what he was requesting from. But he did receive strength. He did receive grace because he was told, my grace is sufficient for thee. My graces will meet every need that you have, he was told. So it's, it's more than enough. <clears throat> when this took place, then Jesus was ready to face that hour. He was ready to meet his betrayer. So the Garden of Gethsemane was not only a garden of, of suffering, but it was also a garden of strength. <clears throat> you know, the prayer was fervent. The prayer was persistent. The prayer was also submitted to the will of God. And that's the prayer that brings strength to us. Um, it enabled him to face the cup of life that was given to him. If we are willing to accept the Father's will. <clears throat> Moving on to verse 43. <clears throat> so he says the hour is at hand, and immediately, while he yet spoke, here comes Judith, one of the twelve, and with him was a great multitude. They had their swords and their staves with them, from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. <clears throat> they had came there. Um, he knew where Jesus had went when he had left, when he had went away from them. He was headed to um, the Garden of Gethsemane there mount, and the mountain. And uh, he brought them back to him. And he that betrayed him had given them a token. He says, I'll show you which, which one it is so, it's, so you're not mistaken. He says, whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him and lead him away safely. <clears throat> so it was a time, Judas knew this, he was separated from the throng of people and was by himself so that, so that they wouldn't have to um, 
embrace that throng that was with him there. <clears throat> and as soon as he was, verse 45, and as soon as he was come, he goes straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and he kissed him. And they laid their hands on him, and they took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. <clears throat> and Jesus answered and said unto them, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? He said, I was daily with you in the temple, teaching, and you took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. This is not one of the apostles. This says they all forsook him and fled. They did not want to um, you know, be arrested at all. <clears throat> and 51. And there followed him a certain young man having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young men laid hold on him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. <clears throat> I'm not sure who that was. There's an indication it might have, it was one of the puzzles. I'm not sure, but he was actually caught, and they possibly think that would have been the puzzle mark that he would have uh, fled naked from him. <clears throat> but if we focus on on Judas, um, he saw the miracles. He walked with the Lord. This is three years of being with Christ. Um, this is his third year in his ministry when this, when these events are taking place. Um, actually called him master, master, and then betrayed him with a kiss. <clears throat> you know, betrayed by a very close friend, Judas was not a stranger to Jesus. He was the one that would recognize him and identify him. He was one of the apostles. Jesus loved him just as much as he loved all the other apostles and loves us, um, yet he was betrayed by him. Psalms 41 verse 9 tells us that um, he was betrayed by a friend. <clears throat> Just calling yourself a Christian or calling yourself a disciple, even like they did, even they was chosen by him, is not enough, in a sense, and is not enough assurance that we would, would never betray him. You know, that, that alone does not, is not enough strength to say we will not betray him. We have other examples of Revelations talked about when he wrote to the churches, he said about they left their first love. If we embrace false doctrines or become teachers of false doctrines, um, if we do not be watchful, as he tells us, to be awake and be watchful. Uh, Revelations also tells us about being lukewarm, these are all ways I think we can also, even though we may call ourselves a Christian or have the label on us, that we might be actually be close to betraying Christ or betraying him. <clears throat> Revelations 2.10 tells us that we should be faithful unto death. Not to just assume, not to assume because of what we profess, but to walk with him daily. Um, we know that money was a problem for Judas. Um, that was probably one of the things that, that, that caused him to stumble. 
We are warned about the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for the love of money. The Laodiceans, they were preoccupied with wealth, and that made them lukewarm in Revelations. But think about, he actually was betrayed by an act of affection, a kiss. You know, Judas betrayed by showing an act of affection. I don't know if that was supposed to make it any less or whatever, but um, quite the contradiction there. Displays of affection, displays of affection don't necessarily ensure faithfulness. <clears throat> Many people are very emotional in their religion, displayed in their worship, believing it as being an evidence of being spirit-filled, yet emotions alone are not a reliable guide. They can easily mislead us. I read this. <clears throat> this is not to discount the place that emotions take, you know, and the moving of the, the spirit, not to discount the value of that. I believe that we could use a little more, you know, and, and I, I feel that in my heart a lot, you know, that we should worship God or, or praise God more openly and spontaneously than what we do. Um, the Spirit does affect the fruit of our lives. It does affect our emotions. Um, the, the phrase here was simply yet about emotions being not a reliable guide. <coughs> they are often present in an unstable believer. Think about that. Mark chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Um, read about that a little bit. <clears throat> I didn't look up the verses, but I might right now. Talks about the, the things that fall on stony grounds. Present present in the unstable believer. <clears throat> Did Judas have any inkling of the consequences of his actions? I don't think he did. If he would have um, knew that Jesus was going to be condemned and hung on the cross, he was sorry for that. He went back and told the chief priest that he was. Um, we can read that lady later, I guess. <clears throat> um, he thought he was doing a service to the people when he actually was not. Um, another thing it shares here about Jesus was betrayed by by Judas. Judas was an uh, he was a follower. He was an overwrought follower. Um, he was overcome with his grief. We know that he went out and he hung himself. Um, Paul is an, is an, Paul is, a, is the opposite example of that. When Paul realized his sin and that he was persecuting Christ and he was knocked down the Damascus Road, he didn't go out and hung, hang himself. No, he accepted God's grace and he went forth in the power and the strength that God had given him and acknowledged that he was the chief of sinners, acknowledged that he was the worst of worst. He directed his attention to the upward call of God and, you know, <clears throat> move forward on that. Verse here in 1 Peter 5, 9, 10. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in this world. Verse 53. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and, and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even unto the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself with the fire. Peter was still pretty bold here. Um, seemed like the other apostles, they fled back to Jerusalem. They were out of sight, out of sound. Um, he wanted to know what was going to happen. He was still there. And the chief priest and the, and the chief priest and all the consuls sought for witnesses, you know, against Jesus to put him to death. <coughs> Read the next words. And found none. Now what are we going to do? They found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witnesses agreed not together. They found him, and they asked him, and they counseled, you know, what they're going to say and present this case. This is a courtroom, okay? He's taken into the courtroom, and they have to have some something. But even the false witnesses that said they saw him do this or say this or say that, they did not agree with each other, so they couldn't use him. <clears throat> we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witnesses agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answers thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses, these witnesses against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and saith unto him, Art thou Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. And that was blasphemous, according to them. And the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face, and to buffet him, and to say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. <coughs> So there was, there was, there was, these trials were, that took place, I don't know if I need to go through all these or not, I guess, but there was a preliminary hearing before Annas, um, this midnight trial that was taking place here was before Cephas and the consul, and then the morning consolation, they would, they would get together the next morning and decide his fate. Um, they had a civil trial, he was sent to Pilate, he was, uh, he would come before Herod, and then he was sent back to Pilate again, um. Cephas, the high priest, was there for 18 years. He was over the consul of the Sahendron. Um, the meeting occurred at his house first, the first one, when he had the people together and they sought for false witnesses. Um, we have the chief priests, we have the elders, we have the scribes there, uh, we have the members of the consul. Um, it's also very possible at this time that Joseph of, um, Joseph of, of Amaranatha, Amaranatha um, the one that took the body off the cross, he was a... He was a member of that, and Nicodemus was too, was a member of that. And it's very likely that they, were, they sat in on this, on this council, would have, could have, would have been there. They, had a, they, they, they was part of it, so they could have been. They sought for testimony. They couldn't get the testimony to agree. Peter was sitting out there in the courtyard. John was also close by. It says in John 18, 15, 16, um, he was sitting there close to the servants and the officers, 
the charges um, that came forth. Um, we know that Christ was as a sheep led to slaughter, and he opened not his mouth when they questioned him about that. And yet he said there in 62 that I am he, um, I am the one, and that you will see the Son of Man coming. This is what tripped the, the thing over to condemn him because they considered that blasphemy. No one could say that, um, that they was the Son of Man and that they would sit at the right hand of the throne. Um, <clears throat> and immediately they began to abuse him, spit on him, blindfold him, beaten him, mocked him to prophesy, you know, who, who hits you and so forth. Other writers write uh, different aspects of that. <clears throat> The physical abuse against Jesus started to intensify at this point. No doubt that this trial was very unjust. Um, it, was not, it was not a fair trial whatsoever. It was not even that in, in the book rights that Ananias and, and Cephas argued about this. You know, you can't, you can't do this. You, this is not proper. This is not the right time. And yet he finally got him to agree to it. So we see that Isaiah 53 tells us that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. The disciples had left him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him, Isaiah 53.3. <clears throat> you know, if we'd have been there in that crowd, what would have we been influenced by? Who would have been our influence? <clears throat> Verse 66 <clears throat> Going, returning back to Peter here. <clears throat> and, and as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand what thou sayest. And he went unto the porch and the cock crew. Went out unto the porch and the cock crew. <clears throat> and the maid saw him again. And began to say unto them that stood by, This is one of them. Why don't you arrest him? You know, she was identifying him. And he denied it again. And a little later, and a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeth thereto. His speech betrayed him. What does it say in the next verses? You know, did Peter know what he was saying? He was trying to save his own life. He was trying to, be, to, to keep himself from being um, caught. And he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock croweth twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he thought thereon, and he wept. Again, the, the end results versus Judas going out and hanging himself or Paul here Peter says he wept the tears were because he recognized that however strong that he thought he was and that he would never deny the Lord he did um, he tells us he writes into Peter that we should be aware that lest we fall from our own steadfastness be, be willing to acknowledge, be willing to um, understand that we can. Um, <clears throat> looking back, just through a couple of reflections, I'll try to go through this quickly. You know, he was with them there in his first ministry. 
Peter saw the healing of his own mother-in-law when Jesus uh, healed her. He was on the Sea of Galilee and he walked on the water. He was there at the Mount of Transfiguration and he wanted to build a tabernacle. How did Peter ever come to the point where he cursed, it says, you know? How did he ever come to that place, you know? Can we learn from this? <clears throat> he boasted he would never deny him. Peter later in his writings also tells us, you know, that we should be clothed with humility to humble ourselves before God and he will lift you up. Um, he fell asleep there in the garden. He also encourages the Hebrews encourages us that we should give give the more earnest heed to our salvation, not be lazy, you know, be busy, be be about our Father's business as Jesus was. <clears throat> Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He tells us. Peter writes all these things later in life. You know, calling for diligence that we might grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to be found in peace, without spot. And to be blameless for him, 2 Peter 3.14. Um, but even though that fear that was there, he, st- he followed him from a distance. But he stayed far enough away that he didn't want to be identified with him. <clears throat> Let's not be guilty of the same. Let's not be ashamed of who Christ is and what he done for us. But to the honor and glory of, of his kingdom. You know, there's no doubt that he was influenced by the people that was around him there. He was sitting there with those high priests. He was warming himself by their fire, but he didn't, you know, he was in their, he was in their element and did not want to be identified with Christ. <clears throat> he also calls us, you know, Peter calls us later, and in, in, in when he writes in the book of Peter, if we go read that, he calls us that we should live lives as sojourners and pilgrims, abstaining from fleshly lusts, and with honorable conduct, to be with honorable conduct among the nations, that we should look for a new heaven, a new earth, and be diligent to be found by Christ in peace, without spot, and blameless. And in his second epistle is where he tells us that we should be aware, lest we fall from our own steadfastness. We can fall because of pride, laziness, being a coward, or worldliness. But we also know that we can be strengthened in God, by humility, being diligent, giving God the glory, and living as strangers and pilgrims here on earth. So in chapter 15, here's the next uh, thing that takes place here, I guess. And straight away in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes in the whole council, and they bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him unto Pilate. They had to, Pilate was supposed to be the one that was supposed to give the condemnation. <coughs> Pilate did not like Cephas and Ananias. He did not like the, the Jerusalem rabble, even though he was set over the whole thing. Um, he, did, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't care about them. But so, so when they sent Jesus to him, he sought for a way to release him. He literally sought for a way. It's like, this guy's not, he didn't do anything wrong. You know, what did he do? You know, what, he's not, he's bothering he was bothering them, you know. Um, 
but it was the very next morning. This, so this tells you that this uh, trial that they had took place in the middle of the night. And so they, when this was over the next morning, they handcuffed him, so to speak. Adassa tried to handcuff me yesterday. I don't know why, but they handcuffed him. They bound his hands and they carried him away. <clears throat> and so he was not able to resist. Um, again, we can see that our hearts can be filled with, you know, with, with sadness over this time. Um, so willingly, he stretched out his hands, and that is an also an indication that he willingly died for our sins. <coughs> you know, Christ's will is that we all would be transformed in our minds and be renewed in the strength and the power of him. Jesus is our high priest. Even when we don't know to pray as we should, he's our intercessor. So those are he's our intercessor. Um, the hands of Jesus that were bound them behind his back, you know, praying for us. I just close with this. I'm not going to close, but this I was, this part with the poem that Annie Johnson Flint wrote, um, thinking about Jesus' hands being bound, and we can think of many things maybe that 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 bind our hands that we can't, so that we're not able to do things for Christ, um, failing to do our part. Maybe it seems like if you have your hands bound, you're handicapped, but. <clears throat> She wrote this one, Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in the way. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. We are the only Bible the careless world will read. We are the sinner's gospel. We are the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message given in word and deed. What if the type is crooked? What if the print is blurred? What if our hands are busy with other work than his? What if our feet are walking where sin's allurement is? What if our tongue is speaking of things his lips would spurn? How can we hope to help him or welcome his return? <coughs> Read the next several verses in chapter 15 in. Verse 2, and Pilate asked him. So Pilate starts questioning him. Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered and said unto him, You say it, thou sayest. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. They were there. They, I, we don't know what all that discourse was, but he, he did not answer them. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things these witnesses say against thee? You know, aren't you going to defend yourself? Again, he was a sheep as led to slaughter, and he opened not his mouth. But Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. He marveled at his silence. Now, now at that feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. It was a custom of that, of that time that he would let a prisoner go at this time of the year. It's kind of like the president can give pardon to anyone that he wants to before he leaves office. <clears throat> and many requests are known on behalf of people. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done 
as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the, you the king of the Jews? You want me to get, let him go? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. It was out of spite and jealousy of him bringing up the people. But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will ye then that I shall do unto him whom you call king of the Jews? And they cried out, Crucify him. Not just one time, but I think many times. That was the, it, was the, it was the mob effect. And Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? They cried out more exceedingly, Crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. The thought is also that the two, the two thieves that were crucified on the cross, one on each side of Christ, would have been Barabbas's co-pins or whatever would have been with him at that time. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole band. And they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed <coughs> and did spit upon him and bowing their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on and led him out to crucify him. <coughs> the trials are over. Um, he was condemned. Um, he was sent to Pilate, the Roman governor. He was the fifth, fifth governor of Judea at that time. Um, often harsh. He did not, Pilate did not care for the Jews. Um, he was a, you know, Pilate was a, a, a greedy and very cruel man, they, they claim. Uh, the chief priest, uh, again, was, was Cephas here. Um, they delivered him to Pilate. They wanted to get his condemnation. Um, Jesus released to them a prisoner, Barabbas, that uh, was in prison at that time for murder the, because the crowd um, asked for him. Uh, and uh, the mockery started um, there in, in verse 20. The charges made by the chief priests were simply that he was perverting the nation. Um, this was against Jesus. He forbid the people to pay tax. He claims to be a Christ. He claims to be a king. He stirs up the people. He's teaching throughout all Judea and Galilee. Um, Jesus asked him, asked him that question specifically, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, you say it. You're the one that says I am. He marveled at his silence. He marveled that... Uh, he marveled also, Pilate was also knew the envy of these chief priests. <clears throat> he did not think that guilty was that Jesus was guilty of death. He wanted to release him. And we know the little tidbit, if we go back in Matthew, that G, uh, Pilate's wife also said, release this man. He did nothing. Um, Pilate was also, um, my understanding is, when this trial was taking place at night until the next morning, Pilate had to be in a room or in his office someplace on standby in case they, when they come up with a verdict, 
that they could bring it to him and that he could okay it or not okay it, I guess. <clears throat> it says he was scourged here. Um, this was the beginning of, of the crucifixion. They would scourge a man according to Pilate's instructions. He would be tied to a post. He'd be beaten with a whip that was uh, interwoven with pieces of bone and metal. It tore the skin. Um, it tore the tissue, often exposed the bones. Um, in many cases, the flogging itself became fatal before the man was ever put on the, on the, on the cross. <clears throat> he was mocked. This, was, this all took place in the hall of the praetorium. Um, the purple clothes was, again, a mockery. Um, they spat on him. This was also... Um, these things was all prophesied by Isaiah 53 from 4 to 12. Um, it was all a fulfillment of that. Also, we can read about in Psalms 22. If we go on to verse 21, <clears throat> and they compel one, Simon a Cyrian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. <clears throat> okay, after that scourging, you know, they put, they put his, uh, John tells us they put the cross upon him, but he could not go very far. He fell under the load and could not carry it because his body was so broken down. And so they compelled this um, Simon, a Cyrian. And they bring him unto the place of Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of the skull. And they gave him to drink, wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. That was a drugged uh, wine to ease the pain, and Jesus would refuse to take that. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was a third hour, and they crucified him. <clears throat> and the superscription of, the, of his actuation was written over, written over the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand, the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads, saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in, in three days, save thyself, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priest, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. Both, the, both them they did there. And when the um, reviled him. I'll stop right there for a bit. <clears throat> so he was awake for more than 24 hours from the time that he was he was. Um, put in handcuffs and led away. Um, he was physically exhausted, definitely. Remember, he was here in, in the human form. His sufferings, his beatings, his scourgings were inflicted upon him. And so as he walked out from there, they got this man, a Simon of Cyrene. Um, and there was also probably somebody that Simon was known, um, possibly known to the church at that time. Um, they led him to Golgotha, which is interpreted as skull. Um, the Aramaic word for Golgotha, the translation of the Aramaic word is for skull. The Latin word for skull is Calvary. I, f I found that interesting. So they're, they're connected together. He was at Calvary. <clears throat> he was offered that merith to drink, but he refused it. Um, and it says in 15 verse 24, it just says they crucified him. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to skip the part of what the crucifixion actually, I don't know, there's a big article here that I read described by a doctor how the crucifixion actually works. Um, 
the beam was laid on the ground. He was quickly thrown there backwards. They would not tighten the hands like fully extended. They left place there so his body could slump and he had to work himself up and down. When he was nailed with the, with the nails, um, his feet was crossed together and there was a one put through both feet into it and allowed him to sag or to pull himself up, which again was one of the most painful ways of dying that, that could come to pass. <clears throat> if we see that, and they crucified him, the other things that started taking place there, here the soldiers were sitting there watching over this. Um, I know that the book tells us, or the, the writer of The Greatest Story Ever Told tells us that no one could endure um, or be, be present um, in a scene like this, that, uh, well, the, the centurion that was in charge of that, he told his people that they need to be drunk. Basically, to with endure that, they had to be numb in their minds to even be able to sit there and watch what was taking place. Um, it tells us that. <clears throat> that he, he encouraged them to drink until they were his soldiers until they were drunk, the ones that were watching over this crucifixion, because they could not withstand the horrors of watching someone die that way. Um, it tells us this was the third hour, which is probably he was taking place at 9 o'clock in the morning then. <clears throat> so they was up early and about their business when they, was, when they were doing this. Um, the sign above him, uh, the other gospel writers write it a little bit differently. It just simply tells us it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Uh, Mark writes, the king of the Jews. Matthew writes, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Luke tells us, this is king of the Jews. And John writes, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. So, um, <clears throat> you know, the full inscription may have been simply, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, in, th in three different languages, so they could understand it. Um, <clears throat> thus uh, starts the sixth hour of the death of Christ. He was hung on there uh, for the next six hours. And uh, what, do we, what can we take away from this? Why did he do that? Why did he hang there for six hours suffering? Because the guilt of our sins, because of what Seth shared, because of the love of God for us, for the mankind, and we can be inspired. Um, Peter says because of the sacrifice of Christ, he went there. So the next, uh, starting on verse 33. <clears throat> when the sixth hour was come, there's another whole thing that takes place. Um, at, during these six hours, there was darkness come over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Elia, Elia, lama sabbatana, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, behold, he called for Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Another incident. The veil of the temple was rent from, in, in twain from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that, saw, saw that, he so cried out and gave up the ghost and said, Truly this man was the Son of God. That's the centurion that got everyone drunk, was standing there, acknowledged that there was no other way except this man was the Son of God. There was also women looking on, a, looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalena and Mary the mother of James, the less and Joas and Salome, 
who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with came with him unto Jerusalem. And now when the evening was, was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, that Joseph of Arimantha, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, he was waiting for the return of Christ to come, <coughs> he went in and boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. <clears throat> Here is the interesting thing that takes place. Um, we'll get it further, I guess. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and calling, on him, calling unto him the centurion, and asked him whether he had been any while dead. <clears throat> and when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he brought fine linens, and took him down, and wrapped him in the linen, and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of rock, and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalena, and Mary the mother of Joseph, Joas, beheld where he was laid. <clears throat> So the next morning, you know, after when he was crucified, hung on that cross for six hours, um, he said it was, my God, it was, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it says he gave up the ghost. <clears throat> this is not a denial, you know. It's more of an expression that, God, I trust you. God, you will intervene. God is the one that will give him the victory. The mockery continued. We see what they were. They continued to mock him. And... Uh, just says, help us to, I just said, wrote this, help us to also cry out as Christ did, you know, that we can just say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. You are the one that we love, we adore, and that your spirit lives within us and let his spirit control our spirit. <clears throat> the things that happened, that veil was ripped um, in the holy place. Um, there's a lot of things that probably can be added to that. But, the acknowledgement of the of the centurion saying, "Truly, this man was the son of God," that was very, um, you know, and also that the women were there, the women that ministered to him before. It tells us that they were standing there; they was a far, they was stood afar off. But Mary Magdalena, Mary the wife of of Clepeus, Salome was the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John. She was there. Um, the mother, Christ's mother, Mary himself was there. Um, they had came with him. It tells us about the request for the body. Um, we see that Jesus was buried um, that day. Also tells us that Joseph was one of the people that was waiting on the kingdom of God to return. Um, he was looking forward to that. There's a good chance that Nicodemus was there at that same time. He was also um, a member of the consul. And uh, Nicodemus had brought about 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes to anoint the body of Christ. Uh, Pilate gave them release of it. Joseph supplied that fine linen. They put him in the tomb. The stone was rolled against it. Uh, we see that Mary Magdalena was, a, they knew where he was laying, and they left there and went to prepare all those spices and fragrant oils, um, and they left it for over the Sabbath, um, which is on, which is basically Saturday, to uh, to uh, <clears throat> prepare, you know, finish preparing his body for burial while he was there. The story doesn't end, does it? So we have the next part <clears throat> of the resurrection, which we are 
still living in today, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus in Christ. Let's remember, you know, that in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 says that we should look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sit down at the right hand of the throne, and he intercedes for us. <clears throat> this brings us up until he is risen. Um, <clears throat> I think we got a little bit of time. Song 138 in your songbooks. Will we sing that? Let's stand and sing this song. Who starts it? I guess whoever can be a song leader. <clears throat> Voices in triumph on high for Jesus has risen, and man shall not die. Vain were the terrors that gathered. Third around him and shore the dominion of death and the grave burst from the fetters of darkness that bound him resplendent in glory to live and to say loud was the chorus of angels on high the Savior hath risen and man shall not die glory to God in full and thumbs of joy the being he gave us death cannot destroy sad were the lie we may part with tomorrow if tears were our birthright and death were our end. Jesus has cheered the dark valley of sorrow and bade us immortal to heaven ascend. Lift and your voice in triumph on high for Jesus hath risen and man shall not die you may be seated <clears throat> just going to read the next 14 verses in Mark chapter 16 as a, as a closing here I guess he is risen and when the Sabbath was passed Mary Magdalena the Mary of mother of James and Salome brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone for the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, and it was very great, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrightened. 
And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There you shall see him as he said unto you. The words of comfort back there in Mark, he told them. <clears throat> and they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalena, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. That's the eminence road. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. They also, afterward he appeared unto the leaven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. I'm just going to finish the next words. These are Jesus' words back to them. And what he told them then when he had gathered them, he says, Go, in, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues, and they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then... After the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. <clears throat> That's the last of Mark. So this brings us up to the, to the end here. You know, he told them. <coughs> they went back and told Peter and told the disciples, Remember, he said, I will go before you into Galilee, and there you, you will see him, <coughs> and he will talk to you. He will share with them. Um, the appearances of Christ are many, so the evidence is real. He is no longer in that grave. Um, he appeared to Mary Magdalena, to the other women, the disciples on the road. He appeared to Peter. He appeared there with Thomas when Thomas was not present. And he came back and said, Thomas, put your hand here. Put your finger in my sides. And he said, believe. Um, there was disciples, seven disciples by the Sea of Galilee. They were there, and they were fishing, and they were eating together, and he had made a meal for them. He was, he was seen of 500 brethren at once. He'd come to James as the Lord's brother. Um, he recorded a seeing him and be, became, a, be, you know, became a believer. So <clears throat> one thing we can say, though, these disciples, and that they did not, most of them did not receive secondhand testimony. They were, they were infallible proofs. They seen them of their own. They saw, they heard, and they touched, John says. We have received the word and seen the, the word of life. Um, these were not dreams or visions or hallucinations, but they were actual eyewitnesses' accounts, and they testified that Jesus was there and in among them. <clears throat> Prior to the resurrection, let's see what happens when, when transformation takes place here. Um, they was also transformed. It says, in, we have a transformation that can take place he tells us by the renewing of our minds. Before the resurrection, they fled. They hid. They were cowards. They denied him. Um, they mourned his crucifixion. After he was gone, they were sad. They, 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 they hid themselves behind closed doors for the fear of the Jews. But after the resurrection, look what happened. 
they fearlessly, it says, Luke says, they fearlessly praised God and proclaimed Jesus. They praised him in the temple. They praised him in the streets. They no longer feared persecution at all. It was no longer running. <clears throat> um, all of them died. All the 12 disciples died a martyr's death because of their testimony that was given to them. There was, a, there was no motive for them to lie about Jesus' resurrection at all. <clears throat> and... Uh, One writer writes this, that the only thing that, that you could say that helped them to transform is when they seen the resurrected Christ, then they knew that death could not hold them in the grave, that they also had the opportunity to be resurrected, so it did not matter anymore. Um, and I know that this is part of the conversation that, that, that's taking place between Cephas and Ananias in their home, in their place. He was telling what all was happening, and now they had put him to death, and he was challenging him. Well, didn't you, you know, how did they steal the body? He was told they was told to lie and all that. We know the other writers write a lot about that. And yet, um, Ananias told them, to, told Cephas that the reason that they now have no fear is because they have seen the one that they were following. Never has this happened before. They would people would get a following, and the guy would be killed. And it would be the end of the story. You know, his, his followers were dispersed. This, they saw him. They come back. And there's undeniable evidence that he's alive and that he's well. And when they seen this, um, Ananias, I don't know all the, the words, but um, he basically told Cephas that you will never... Um, he, well, he first asked him what he's doing about it. And, and he said that, well, Stephen was caught and stoned. I'm going to squash this, you know. That's the very first thing. That was all done because of the high priest. This was after Christ, you know. I mean, not very long. He had Stephen put to death. He had Peter and him arrested and put into prison. And, and Ananias told him, you will never stop this. You know, because, because they, have, they have so much more than, than this truly was the Son of God. He told, he told uh, Cephas that you can do whatever you want you can try as hard as you want, but you are never going to stop what is taking place. So I just think, you know, praise God for that. Um, the world still can't stop it today, can they? It's still evident today. So I think with that, I will quit. Um, <clears throat> I guess I didn't offer. James, do you want to give commitment to go? You can just where you're sitting, um, and then I'll turn the time over to Joseph, and we can proceed with, with that. He wasn't here the other night. You can just do it where you're sitting there, I guess. I wish Aaron could be here too. I think should have just come. I think it'd been okay, probably. 